Thanks for tuning in to the special Fashion Month edition of the Glossy Podcast. Recording live from the epic showfields in NoHo. Check out their store in Brooklyn. We'll be here throughout New York Fashion Week. So happy to have you here. I'm your host, Jill Manoff. And today I sit down with Jackson Wiederhoff, the emerging designer whose training includes Parsons School of Design and three years under Tom Brown. Like Tom Brown's, Jackson's collections are decidedly theatrical and whimsical, and as such, they no doubt shine on a runway. I wanted to ask Jackson about the importance of taking part in this week's festivities and about his recent honor of being named an interim CFDA member. How can he use that opportunity to the advantage of his business? Welcome, Jackson. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. This is not your first fashion week. Is it your second? It's not my second or third. It's multiple. Get out of town. Talk to me about your Fashion Week history. I guess it's my third runway show during Fashion Week. Yeah, I was thinking runway, but third. Yes. So third runway show for myself. Yes. And runway is where it's at. There's no presentation here. Not anymore. Not at this stage. People, I think the shows have really been getting people excited. So it's going to be hard to... I don't think we're going to go back anytime soon, hopefully. Well, it's... Not a cheap thing. Tell me about the imp- the worth it factor. Why is this worth it for your brand? Yeah, it's definitely a big investment, but I've definitely seen it multiply in waves each time. I think it's just, um, for me, drama is so essential to the brand. And I think the clothes just come to life in like a whole new way on the runway. And, you know, for us, it's not just like the catwalk. It really is like performance. Sometimes there's like scenery, there's always choreography, there's always like music and lights, camera, action. So I think it's just, um, it's really important to the brand, you know? Yes. Oh, well, you're making me excited. I've never been to your show and I'm going this season. And thank you for being here. P.S. Your show is one, two, four days away. Yes. (laughs) Counting down that. I think we're in like double digit hours now. So that's like the countdown is ticking. What does this mean for you? Late nights, early mornings? Are you are you ready? Are you prepared? You're, You're working to the very last second. Yeah, we're getting closer every minute. But, you know, there's definitely plenty to do, I would say. And But that's kind of what's exciting about it is suddenly, you know, you're working on a collection for months and then it feels like there's nothing to show. And then the week before, it just kind of all like comes together. So, yes. Well, cutting through the noise of Fashion Week, does it mean doing something splashy, flashy? Is that your style? Do you feel the need to reinvent what you did last season? Anyway, are we going to be surprised? Um, hopefully some surprises. I think it's always nice to... Um, I guess maybe not reinvent, but kind of um, evolve. And um, I think I was talking to Austin Goodwin, who's my, he does all the movement direction for us and the choreography. And, you know, he did my very first show four years ago, which was 10 dancers and models like prancing around this little stage in a Chelsea gallery. And I think what's exciting is like, we always reference like the early projects and it always feels like, you know, that was 10 people on this little like foot high stage. And now we're showing at La Mama with um, 30 dancers. And it's like, I mean, La Mama is so historic. And just to get to engage in that kind of space. And I think it's only going to get bigger from here, hopefully. Yes. How do you go about choosing a location? Does it, um, it corresponds with your collection in some way? Are you scouting this out for for months prior? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we saw a lot of locations this summer. I think New York, you know, it's a challenge in Manhattan specifically to find somewhere that feels right. We were showing in a gym for the past two seasons, which was actually really fun. It's kind of nice to have the like contrast. But um, yeah, La Mama was amazingly available. Um, And so we figured if we're going to show in a theater, we might as well go with it, you know. But honestly, for me, it's great to see venues early because that informs the design of the collection itself because it's like how people experience it feeds into 
the whole narrative, you know? Yes. Who is not maybe 100% buyers? Who do you invite to your show? Who's worthy of a ticket these days? I mean, it depends. We we had like a mock mo- uh, front row that we were like playing with in our office. It had guests like George at the Poodle and Wilhelmina Slater and just like, you know, people like fictional characters, like who would be our fictional front row. So I think it's, you know, I think the important thing with the Wiederhof show is it's not too cool for school. You know, it's really like, it should be fun. And I, I feel like the show days I wake up and I'm like, it feels like Christmas. Um, so, it, and this new kind of facet of the world comes to life on show days. So it is kind of, um, I think it's important that people who were there just really are like willing to kind of uh, exist in the space and like give into the theater of it all, you know? Yes. So. Well, Jackson, for those who don't yet know you, and well, it's only a matter of time, talk to me about um, your road to where you are now. I would say kind of traditional in terms of going to Parsons and mm-hmm. yeah. and then <laughs> entering. Did, did you, you worked for Tom Brown. Was that right. experience important? Anyway, walk me through it. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Parsons. I moved from Houston to go to Parsons School of Design. And um, I was very persistent. Basically, my sophomore year, I started interning on an off-Broadway show that Tom designed called Queen of the Night. And so I met his team through that. And then I interned there for like two years during school. And um, I just wanted a job there so bad because I thought Tom is so amazing. And, you know, the gray suit never spoke to me so much on an emotional level, but just like the texture of the world that he creates is so like exciting. So I knew I just wanted to be a part of it. And um, Daniel Roseberry was my boss back then. And I would like would write like list of like, here's 10 reasons you should hire me. Um, and eventually they gave in. Uh, I think it was annoying enough. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I got to work for Tom for three years and work on the women's runway. And I spent a lot of time in Mumbai before the show is working on the embroidered pieces. And that was so special and something I really brought into my own work as well. So was that the ultimate, I guess, masters or master class? Or what, is there something, I'm sure there's always something that you wish you had known uh, starting your own business. It, what kind of took you aback? And you're like, I didn't learn that at Tom. <laughs> I know at Tom, it was a really small team when I was there. I think there was like five designers working on Women's Runway, you know? And it felt at the time like we did so much. And then um, I started my own business and I'm like, oh, I, you know, go to UPS. I mop the floors. I do the accounting. I really do it all. So I think nothing can prepare you for running a small business except actually doing it. Um, Not something you probably do more than once because it's like, you know, kind of give your life to it. Totally. Gosh, as a creative and would you say, what is the balance? Do you have somebody in your ear talking about what is commercially viable? Like what will sell? Um, is that top of mind? Or maybe that comes after the runway. You make the statement, maybe there are variations of what we see on the runway later on. How would you describe that? Yeah, I think it's both. I think you're right. I think um, I think the hard part with being a designer sometimes is you get so much like really well-intended advice. And, um, you know, every brand is so different and every journey is so different. So I think what I've learned over time is really just really listen to everything everyone's giving you, but kind of be quite selective with what you really take in. Um, Because it's also just, you know, the moment in time, like, contributes so much to that as well. But luckily, I've, you know, over the past couple of years, really had a few people who've proven to be, like, really, like, loyal and helpful and, like, contributed to the image of the brand and more ways than one. So this season, we definitely thought about um, commerciality far in advance because we're approaching wholesale for the first time since our fall collection. So it's definitely something that is very important to the brand moving forward is developing our ready-to-wear offering. So That's great. Tell me who's a fitting 
wholesale retail partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're actually launching with Bergdorf Goodman this week. We're at Linda's. Congrats. Um, one of our dresses is in the window for Fashion Week. Oh, yes. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, brand new partner that we're excited to launch with. And then I think, um, yeah, we're in appointments right now for spring, summer. So hopefully, um, you know, take it from there. Just trying to really partner with people who um, get it. I mean, I met Linda through CFD of Vogue Fashion Fund and she was she's been so helpful with feedback um, over the past year as we've been developing like the business. So it's so interesting to me because talk about a traditional path. I talk a lot about like it used to be Barney's. You go from Parsons to to the ultimate retailer and then also the support of the CFDA. Talk to me about how that's mattered. Um, I know that you received some accolades in Parsons for your Mm -hmm. women's wear uh, designs, Mm -hmm. but then also a finalist in CFDA Fashion Fund. And Mm -hmm. now this um, honor of interim CFDA member. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. What does that mean? Um, First of all, I'm sure that's really meaningful. It says a lot about your talent. Um, But how does that play into getting your business off the ground? That's significant, would you say? Yes, I think it's hugely significant. I'm really grateful to like Stephen and everyone at the CFDA is just, they do so much for designers. And I don't know, I'm just really grateful that, um, you know, being in Fashion Fund was really amazing to, you know, not only for the resources that were provided for us, but also just to have that stamp of approval from like so many important people in the industry. And um, yeah, now we have to be interim members, which is kind of this new program they've started where um, technically you have to be in business five years to be a full member. So I can't be a full member yet, but it's kind of this like interim program where you're still getting a lot of the resources and especially um, like mentorship and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, CFT has so many like different types of people working on um, manufacturing or compliance or, just all sorts of different things that you still have access to those amazing people and resources um, as you grow towards hopefully full membership in the future. You mentioned Stephen, who's been, um, I guess, the person that's been, would you maybe acted as a, me- a mentor or maybe that um, you were so excited to meet and they proved to uh, give you great advice or something. Yeah, Stephen Kolb. I mean, he's a legend and I think... Um, it's really, he's so personable and it's just nice to know that there's like human beings out there working in fashion. I think people can get really like scared and nervous about like the powers that be, but I think Steven really keeps the face of the CFDA like very like approachable and honest and like, I don't know, it's good for fashion to not be so, people like view can, can view fashion as kind of being snobby or like elitist, but I think New York fashion is kind of the opposite. It's a little like gritty and Steven gets that, so. Yes, you can be a young designer namesake brand in New York. Like, again, it, I'm sure it's not easy, but what can you tell me about how <laughs> how your your business has taken off? Has it been slow and steady? Or what can you tell me about the growth to date? Yeah, I think it's been really steady. I think I'm really happy. I mean, we're almost four years in now. And um, so far, it's been mostly a custom made to measure bridal business has been really supporting us financially with consulting and special projects. Um, but yeah, we've been profitable year over year since we started. And even like, I mean, I launched the collection like right before COVID. So the timing was a little rough, but honestly, it, I feel like gave me the opportunity to be flexible and kind of do what worked rather than being like, okay, now do a pre-collection. Now do this, now do that. It was more like I can do what actually makes sense for me and focus on what my customers want and being able to focus on the direct consumer business. It's like, I know my client, I put them into corsets every day. Like I'm still in every appointment with every bride and you know, I have so much after a few years of bridal appointments and private client appointments, you just learn so much about 
what people want and how they feel. So, yeah, there was definitely a bridal boom, and that worked mm-hmm. to your advantage. Would you say that ongoing bridal bridal will be a significant, large part of the business? Uh, what, how will that play in from here? Yeah, I think bridal definitely is something I want to continue with, and that's kind of I feel like the part of our business now that's the strongest, the most robust. But um, yeah, like our show next week, you'll see a few bridal looks. But I think what's exciting is um, I think in fashion, there can be this kind of like passe feeling towards bridal, which I think is like a really a shame because bridal is such a huge industry. There's so much opportunity and there's clients and people want really exciting stuff. So I think um, I just want to treat the bridal designs with as much integrity as the ready tour as the evening. Even like, you know, we had a piece um, that Rita Ora wore to the Vanity Fair Oscars party that like got so much press value for us and it was a bridal gown technically but you know she wore it as like a red carpet piece and I think our bridal pieces having that emotion is kind of like important and what has been successful for us so far well I'm glad you brought up Rita (laughs) because Mm. you've had some major celebrity moments uh Lady Gaga the list goes on tell me about how those typically go down are you connected with stylists um, how do they get in the pieces get in their hands and how, how does that translate to uh, business success? Yeah, it's been pretty organic, honestly, which I'm really grateful for. Um, yeah, I mean, Lady Gaga, that was the f- one of the first dress we ever sold was a custom piece we made for her for um, a Nicola for um, Nicola Formichetti styled that. And, um, you know, I think since then, it's just I think the brand speaks to like that kind of like glitz and jazz of it all. Um, and I think people just it's nice to see that with pieces that are so emotional, it doesn't matter that we're not like a huge brand. Like people see the value, especially like in the corsetry these days. Um, a lot of our special projects have been um, based around the corsetry and embroidery. So I think the people are seeing the intrinsic value of the designs and um, that's what's exciting to them more so than like just the name of it, which I think is really important and exciting for small brands to see that kind of thing. Absolutely. So this, runway show for you. It's going to be a content building machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what, what content is going to come out of it? How important is that? Um, across channels, across TikTok, what's the plan there? Yeah, I think we don't have a TikTok right now. I keep like meaning to, but somehow there's never like a minute. But um, yeah, I think content's really important. Right now I'm primarily thinking of it, of the experience like of the show more as like a theater piece. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm excited to see how that kind of translate. We have more photographers and videographers than usual. So I'm kind of excited to see um, what happens because the show is actually kind of designed to be um, purposefully a little chaotic and confusing. So I think um, it's a, it'll probably be a little challenging to photograph like intentionally in some ways, but I think it's an exciting challenge given like the concept of dreams and nightmares. So I love this. So not too hard to capture. <laughs> I'm tying a little bow around our conversation, but I would just say, uh, you, it seems like you're very hands-on yes. doing it all yourself. This is your baby. Maybe not yourself. First of all, how many people are working with you these days? I have three people in my office working full-time. Yes. So, yeah, small and, team, but we keep it tight. And <laughs> and you act like a cool customer, but I this runway show, the, the elements, which next level compared to anything I've heard, is it like uh, you're putting on a wedding? <laughs> And how are you here? And yeah. what follows? You're just going to relax afterward? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, we're just straight on to like appointments and we're bringing the collection to Paris after. And, you know, it's we have a few special projects coming up like that are on the back burner that will come to the front as soon as we're done. But that's kind of how I like it. Um, I think I'm kind of 
enjoy chaos a bit, which I think is part of what this collection is about, is finding like serenity and chaos and um, the beauty of like multitasking and just, um, I don't know, I like to just push. Every time I do something, I want to do it like bigger and better than before. So I just really, um, I think this collection is a fun way to just try a lot of new things. Good for you. Well, Wiederhaft, in the next year, you'll be in retail. Mm -hmm. Maybe some collaborations. What else can we expect before we sign up? Yeah, we have a couple collaborations, some celebrity stuff on the on the horizon, which is really exciting. Um, we have I'm designing a short film that's coming out next year. Designing the costumes for it. That's uh, a very very new way to see Wiederhoft um, that I'm very excited about. That I think will be announced soon. Um, but yeah, I just kind of want to like keep doing it all. We're doing some performance stuff for the end of this year, which is really exciting. I'm designing like a Santa Claus right now, which is kind of like hilarious and amazing but like very on I love Christmas and just like a lot of cool stuff I don't know it all feeds into each other and I like to kind of just like do a million things at once because they like inform each other keeps the work rich right on watch this space y'all well Jackson thank you so much it was good to chat good to meet you good luck at your show thank you excited for you to see it yeah thanks so much That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.